0: Life. What's up friends who are new here and who have been here for a while. I'm Frankie and I'm Alex and together we are FNA Van Life.
1: This is the podcast where every week we bring you news and stories from the nomadic community so that you can know what it's really like to live life on the road.
0: We also interview tons of nomads here on this podcast so that way everybody can get a perspective from some type of point of view that you may have and you can relate with the people on the
1: podcast. Today is our special monthly news episode where we're going to dive deep into all of the goings-ons of the internet and van life.
0: I absolutely love this episode because every month we do this at least once a month and it is so fun to read these articles and pick them apart and or try to figure out solutions to a lot of the problems that people seem to be having about van life or nomadic living.
1: Yeah, we're just trying to solve all the world's problems about van life. Anybody got anything bad to say about van life? We got something to say to you. So here we go. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm going to start off by saying it's all about perspective and having a good perspective on what is happening and what people are trying to do is, you know, the way that you could view these things in a better way and maybe come up with some solutions to the problems that are happening.
1: Well, and even just like an understanding of why things are happening and that maybe it's not a problem maybe it's just a new opportunity or a changing wave well just like when there is a change that happens
0: there's a lot of people that are scared and they jump into the negativity of things instead of trying to figure out the positives of it so when we have change in life it always tends to work itself out in a positive type of direction like people are scared of the cell phone
1: People are scared of the internet. Why would why would anybody want a computer in their home? <laughs> like and then so, you know, when some things come out that are new People are weird about it. And they're like, I don't understand how this could ever be a part of our lives.
0: I mean, imagine when the first, like, car came out. There was definitely Lashback, you know? Yeah, I mean? I've like, got a the, horse. The Why guy, do I need a car? And the guy who was selling the horses to people were like, you're taking my business away. Yeah,
1: like, you can't have 40 horses in that one tiny box of metal. You're crazy. <laughs>
0: 180 horses.
1: What? I don't understand. There's no horses at all. (laughs) So anyways, let's give a little update from the road. Right now, we are really roughing it for you guys. I want you to know that we have put all of our personal... Like, needs aside, so that we could record this podcast for you.
0: By that, Alex is saying that we shut off all of our fans in our van, and it gets pretty warm here pretty quick, so we woke up early just to make this podcast, so that way we could feel a little bit comfortable while we make it.
1: Yeah, so we're not drenched in sweat and just, like, completely uncomfortable. So, we are in Oaxaca, Mexico, on the coast, and... Zeppelite. Yes, it's the only nude beach in Mexico.
0: Yeah, which is actually kind of cool. It's a really cool, vibey spot. There's all different types of people from all over the world that are here. It is in a slower time. They just had a hurricane pretty recent, so it, it's slower than what it would normally be, I think.
1: Yeah, for sure, but it's been really cool and really exciting. But our last couple of adventurers in van life, have been a little bit less than exciting. We had a problem with our fan for our engine hmm. from going through some really deep mud. Which I was like, "How do did that?" Like we went through not even like we weren't off roading. We weren't like getting like Jeep life crazy, going through the mud and like doing donuts and like no. And, but then somehow this mud caused a problem with our fan motors.
0: Basically what happened, the mud wound up getting on the fan on the motors itself and dried up on them. And when it dried up, it created them to go like slightly off balance as well as it had an issue inside like it burns it up a little bit, you know. So we took it into a dealership. You could watch the whole video about it. And needless to say, we are doing very well with the fans. The fans have had no issues since They've been cleaned. But it was, you know, properly scary because we had to order these fans, and they would take at least a month to get to us.
1: So, anyways, the next car issue that we had was that we were filling up gas here at the pump. And wouldn't you know that they put a little bit of diesel instead of the gasoline?
0: That was... (laughs) I was trying to hold myself back from beating somebody up.
1: (laughs) That video is coming out on Monday, so be sure to come and check out the YouTube channel if you want to see how that all turned out, because holy moly, when things go wrong, it seems like, you know, when they say, like, bad things come in threes, and, like, you know, you just kind of, like... Hit a roll where, like, you know, it's like one thing after the other and you just can't get it.
0: And just before that happened, we went back to get the fans checked out. When we were back and the fans checked out, I was playing basketball and a kid went to do, like, a crossover and his nose hit my shoulder and snap. His nose broke.
1: Well, we're still here and we're still rolling and, like, things are okay. But I think that van life on the road when you're, like, traveling, wherever you are things are going to come up, and situations are going to arise, and I think that what we hear time and again on our YouTube channel is people are like, wow, you guys handled that really well. Like, I would have been freaking out. I would have been, you know, this or that. And I think that because we've lived in a van for so long, that and also because our relationship is very good, and we have good communication, and we are, like, able to talk to each other and, like, work through these things... But, like, when a problem comes up, living in a van, you have to just deal with that problem. Nothing else matters. It's 100% focus on that problem. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, when you're in a home and, you know, you could, like, argue with it and nip and at each put other. And you could put it off. Mm-hmm. And you could be like, oh, I'll deal with this in a little bit. It's not a big deal. But when you're in a foreign country and the home that you live in that you also drive... Is having problems. That's a big problem.
0: Yeah, it is. And I will say once again, I think that the you know the moral of the story is it's all about perspective. And Alex and I like to tackle things with a positive perspective. And you'll see that in the videos. It's truly who we are. Actually, my brother laughs about it and is like, you know, I love your channel. Your channel is amazing. But maybe it, like, lacks a little bit of drama. You know, he's like, you guys are just, like, so positive, and a lot of people will find that to be, like, not realistic. And I'm like, but, James, like, you know that's who we are. And and he's like, I know. But, you know, like, for other people that are first-time viewers, they might not know that is exactly who you are. You know, and and I'm like, but I'm not going to fake something to make people want to watch the videos more. I don't know? know if
1: you remember this. A couple of years ago, when we were first on the road and we were making YouTube videos, and somebody, I don't we had, like, a manager, which we don't have. But so, anyways, he was like, oh, like, you guys should, like, mm. you guys should um, get into, like, a fight. And, like, you know, almost like a reality TV this. show. Like, he was like, make a big deal about something and, like, you know... Get into a fight On your YouTube channel
0: And he's like People love that And it wasn't a manager It was a friend Just trying to like
1: He was like Trying to help With the channel He was trying to help Coach
0: us into yeah. like Being a little bit More drama driven And I like Tried to fake a fight With Alex And she turned to me And was like Do you really want this? You really want to fight? And I was like, No, no! <laughs> like it turned into like automatic, like this like little scared like squirrel running away from a dog. Like, are we doing barking. this right now?
1: Like, did you just say that?
0: And I was like, Damn, she got scary all of a sudden because I like, never see that. <laughs> It, it almost, it just turned me away, you know, really quickly. It diffuses the situation super fast. And I'm like, no, I definitely don't want to fake fight with you. Yeah. I, I would rather you want to know what
1: happens when you fake fight? You real, real fight. Real fight, yeah.
0: And I, I like, you know, we're not those people, so. I don't want
1: to fight at all, ever. And, you know, we do. And then not to say that, like, Frank and I's relationship is perfect. And, like, you it's know, we not. never argue or anything like that. It's
0: pretty damn close, but it's not perfect.
1: Yeah, but then also, like, I think that regardless of whatever's going on, when something happens that is dramatic, you know, to the van or to life or to a situation or something that we have to deal with that we're filming, Mm. we're very good at just being like, this is the problem, Yeah, you know, and we're going to tackle this problem and, like, that's all that matters.
0: Yeah, we're really, we're very good at that. We're also just very good at, um, you know, communicating with one another when situations arise and not, uh, like, we really think about how our our well-being is and how our selves are, you know, before we react. You know, am I reacting f- because of myself? You know, it, it's never normally the other person. It's normally yourself while you're going through some type of, you know, situation where you might be more angry, you know. And, mm-hmm. and it's, it definitely is, like, within your own well-being. So you have to really, like, dig deep inside yourself.
1: Yeah, All right, well, let's start to dig deep inside of these articles that we've prepared for you guys. We have been scouring the internet to find the best, juiciest articles for this month. So let's dive right into it. Our first article is from greenmatters.com. How this queer women of color founded app is promoting accessibility and diversity in the outdoors.
0: What I love about this one is we actually know her and we actually, we kind of work for the company in a sense too.
1: Yeah, so we've been ambassadors for Seeker, the app, which is a really cool app. We've got the link down below so that you can join. But basically it's like a juiced up, way more inclusive, way more community driven iOverlander.
0: Like way more. Like they even have these hubs where you could create hubs and you could talk you could like add friends within them and then you could be in those specific hubs like people at rock climb or people at snowboard or whatever it is and you could like literally get into conversations and figure out where people might be or where they're going and it's just very inclusive. It's like having almost like a very good Facebook and I Overlander kind of put together.
1: Oh, I like that analogy. So basically, Brianna had been working at a university when her girlfriend's father decided that he was going to start building out a van. And so Brianna and her girlfriend Lacey decided that they were going to take their summer break off of like teaching and get into van life. And so that, over time, turned into a van build business. And then that turned into a van life app.
0: Yes. So they were actually on a TV show at one point in time and it's the guy who goes around from camp, the guy who owns Camping World, he goes around like fix businesses. I can't remember what it's called. They it's were like, having they were having an issue with the van life, like or the build at least business. building the build business and uh, they were kinda going under in the sense of money. Um, the guy even offered the dad a job at Camping World. Um yeah, it was just got a little hairy, but then they were like, we also started this app, and he was like, oh, I'm way more interested in that app.
1: Yeah, so like the van build business, I think is like a kind of a tricky business to be in. You have a lot of overhead, you have a lot of people working for you, you have a lot of like deadlines. I mean, we've had a couple of van builders on the podcast previously, and if... And if
0: you're trying to scale up to the potential of being, like, a Winnebago or, like, one of these big, big companies... Oh, you need so much money. Well, it's not only do you need a lot of money, but you also need, like, a kit-style build where you could kind of just slap it together and it's ready to go. And it's cookie cutter, which we'll get into that later on. But that's not really what van life is.
1: No, it's much more, like, personalized. And especially, I I would hate being a van builder that had to build... For individuals. Because, like, there's one thing about, like, just building a van and then putting it on the market, and then whoever wants it, wants it. But then there's another thing of being, like, I have a client who's paying for the build, so, like, the good thing is that you're not putting out the money up front. But then they're like, "Mm, actually, instead of that beige, I want this beige. And you're Mm -hmm. like fucking hate beige. Like, what? Like, it just... I feel like there would be and so in, many... And instead
0: of the fabric that I already picked, I actually want to change it to this fabric. Yeah. You know, it's like... It's just like all these little random things. Or
1: actually, can the fridge be on the other side? And you're like, no. I can't.
0: No. <laughs> if I do that, then the doors won't open.
1: Yeah. So anyways, they were in this van build business. But then, turns out that the Van Life app was going to be a much more... I don't know, it's lucrative or just, like, the app opened a lot of possibilities where the van build business was more of a limited kind of option.
0: Uh, so we met Jess, which is somebody who partnered with Brianna on this Van Life app, and uh, we actually got to talking to her. And we were like, "Oh, we're really interested in the app," and we wound up becoming ambassadors for the app. Which Alex and I, at the moment, are the only people adding stuff in mainland Mexico. There is another couple adding stuff in Baja California at the moment, and I'm sure there'll be more people coming down and adding things here in the wintertime.
1: Yeah, but the coolest thing about Seeker for us is that... So, like, we'll go on and check iOverlander because there's no data points on Seeker for Mexico right now. So we go in and we check iOverlander, and then we'll go to the iOverlander spot, and there won't have been a review there since, like, 2015 or even 2020 or whatever. So we're like, okay, we're going to go and check it out. And then we get there... And it's it gone. is not as advertised. No. So we've been adding all of the new data points on Seeker, and that's kind of what's true about it in the United States as well, for everybody adding it and making the reviews. The reviews on Seeker are so much more current than the reviews on iOverlander. Yes. And it's people who are, like, ambassadors of the program who are, like going in and, like, checking out campsites just to check out campsites. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. they might not even stay there or they might not even. But if they go there and they're like, ooh, this campsite does not exist anymore or a building has been put where this campsite was, Mm -hmm. like, they'll update it in the Seeker app, which I think is, it's handy to, like, have both and be able to cross-reference. But then also in the Seeker app, you can join the hubs and you can have the whole community.
0: I think that eventually what will happen is the iOverlander app will kind of, become obsolete because of seeker like seekers in its baby stages so it's it's really growing very fast and if you want to jump on board we have a we have a code for you guys we'll drop it in the link below
1: yeah it's a free app so you can just download it and start searching and then if you want like the extra bonus offline features and things like that then there's a paid version of the app um but it is free to join and see all of the data points and i think it's a really good app
0: Yeah, me too. I like it a lot.
1: Okay, next up. This is called Shower Power. I'm trolled for only showering once a week, but life is too short to do it daily.
0: I find this hilarious because Alex and I know know exactly what she means because we've done videos like this on TikTok, and they always happen to go pretty viral in the general sense. Like, the showers... Viral
1: for us. I mean, it's not like a million...
0: over over 20,000 views a lot of the time. Um, but we did them, you know, shower in a truck stop, you know, shower in our van, shower, you know, whatever. And we've done a bunch of them, and they seem to be very viewable for whatever reason.
1: Well, it's funny because I start them with, like, Looks like it's about time for our weekly shower.
0: And it's a joke for the most part. There are times where it is a week before we shower,
1: but... I think maybe, like, max five days. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I think that... But five m- days would be a work week. That's true. So... But, like, I don't think that we'd go more than five days. Ever. And in the heat and when we're down here, and actually, I've been loving van life in Mexico because...
0: To find out how often we really, truly shower here in Mexico, you're going to have to sign up for our Patreon and be able to listen to this whole podcast over there, or the rest of it, at least. We appreciate you guys supporting the channel. This is a way to keep us on the road so we're not doing it for any other reason than to keep us on the road and to give you more content. We love you guys, and thank you so much for becoming a Patreon.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good deal. Okay, our next article is actually directly from the Bureau of Land Management, Mm -hmm. blm.gov. In this article, I was actually pleasantly surprised. Sorry if you guys can hear some, like, crazy stuff going on outside. I don't think they really can much. Well, anyways, we've got the windows open because we turned the fans off for you, but we can't stop the motorbikes and things like that, so you'll have to just, like, give us a little bit of grace. But anyway, so this article from the BLM.gov, Van Life, Minimal Impact for a Minimalist Lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So basically, the BLM body is acknowledging that van life has exploded and that van life... Um, People are enjoying BLM lands more.
0: And they're actually happy about it because people are actually out enjoying the lands of what we're allowed to do. You know, people out there camping and just out there exploring and seeing nature. And the people who work there absolutely love nature. And they want to see more people out there exploring. So they wrote this article from a perspective on here are the principles on how to leave no trace and here are the right ways of, like, you know, getting rid of your own waste, and so on and so forth.
1: Yeah, and I actually really like this one line. For many van life adventurers, leave no trace principles are essential to their way of life on the road. So they're acknowledging that a lot of us out here are aware of leave no trace, and we practice those leave no trace principles. I think often some of these articles are, or like, public opinion is like, oh, van lifers, they make so much trash and they ruin places and they show up and they do bad things.
0: Which they know that we don't do that and we actually try to clean up. There are a select few people out there on the road, whether they're van life or RV life or, you know, just roughing it, whatever it is, nomadically, tent camping, if they're weekenders that leave trash and then people like us go and actually clean it up.
1: Yeah. So rather than the BLM shunning van lifers and, you know, being rude about all these people. Basically, they're just saying, here's a couple things that you can do to make sure that you're enjoying all of our public lands really nicely. And so basically, it's like, plan ahead, make sure you know where you're going, have a backup plan, just in case, you know, the spot that you go to isn't good or right or whatever or full. Um, Travel safely. So, you know... Before heading out, let someone know where you're going so that, you know, and let them know when you reach your next destination. Report crimes, report vandalism. They have their numbers for um, BLM enforcement, Which is
0: all something all things you would do in like normal
1: society. Yeah, like if you see something, say something. It's some it's, it's something that
0: you should do in normal society. Let's just say that much. Cuz not everybody does it, but you know, it's something that you should do.
1: Then you want to minimize your impact. So this is all about the Leave No Trace. Pack it in, pack it out. There's a whole section on disposing of human and pet waste properly. So not just making a new toilet in the woods everywhere that you go. Um, Safe campfires. And then also creating content responsibly. Um, So, you know, don't fall off a cliff while you're trying to take an Instagram photo.
0: And or don't get, like, in the way of other people enjoying their experience. So, like, you don't want to if somebody's out there and they're kind of by themselves and they're enjoying their experience, you don't want to be the person that walks up in the background and is like, hey, guys, well, today we're out here. And, like, the guy's, like, looking at the beautiful scenery and, like, meditating. Yeah. You know, you don't want to, like, run up behind them and talking all loud and stuff. vlogging. So just be respectful, I think, is what it's trying to say.
1: Yeah, and they're just providing resources. And, like, each of these sections has a whole, like, Bonus section on you know where you can get extra resources or extra materials. Mm-hmm. So it's really just about creating awareness around you know some of the issues and just making sure that everybody can have a safe van life adventure on BLM.
0: One length. of the things I found interesting in this article was it actually said like don't park over shrubs and things like that because van life exhaust or like van life exhaust car exhaust tailpipes get very hot and they could actually create a fire they can melt the sage bush or whatever it is that you've pulled over and you know that creates a little bit of a spark and next thing you know there's a fire so you want to make sure that you're parking in the designated areas uh, areas that are open patches of dirt or that are like groomed properly for you to park in so that way you don't create like a wildfire on accident because of your exhaust
1: dang I never thought about that that you could, like, create, like, a brush fire for yeah. your hot exhaust.
0: Yeah. I mean, think about it. The exhaust pipe is probably 200-plus degrees, you know? So you touch that, it's immediately going to melt.
1: Oh, my God. So your God. skin would melt. Yeah. And you'd have
0: a third degree burn. So imagine what that does to, like, a bush.
1: Ay, caramba.
0: And if it's dry, all it takes is a little bit of heat and a little bit of wind, and next thing you know, you got to Well, spark. and that's why
1: they're talking about the whole fire safety thing as well. You know, if you're making a campfire, if you're out at camp. I haven't, I mean, maybe I just haven't been paying attention. Is the fire season this year really bad? And
0: I think it had its moments where it was really bad. But I think it's calmed down for the most part Yeah because the the last two
1: years in a row The fires were terrible I know there was some like smoke up in Alaska From my friends who were up there Alaska
0: had some pretty bad uh, Fires this year As well as um, I think that's probably due to the bark beetle And like the lightning Because you have a lot more dry trees And then when the lightning hits It creates a fire, a natural fire And it it just spreads like wildfire Literally and so I think that... Um, There's it,
1: definitely some smoke, but the fires don't look as crazy as they have been in the last year. For the fire stuff, I like to look at the app called Free Roam. Um, and so this app has some overlays that are really cool where you can, you can overlay BLM land. So you could see, like, where all the BLM land is. But then you can also add, like, um, fires and you can add... Um, fire smoke because often even if you're not near the fire the fire smoke might actually be what's ruining your day
0: so we're kind of seeing it more in like the lower area of boise we're seeing it in the northern part of nevada um but it's like mild in the northern part of nevada yeah so california then, really got off
1: the hook this year in terms of fires well, from
0: what we could see at right the moment. now
1: yeah So anyways, hopefully that's all good because we know that it's been really difficult fire seasons for the last couple of years in a row. So hopefully this one is not so bad.
0: I know that a lot of the people that were in Alaska this year very much enjoyed it, but I will say that they definitely got more like cloudy days and and more rain rain and a lot of that and and the smoke in the beginning when they first got there so i feel a little bad because i know that that might have uh you know put a damper on their travels but i know that everybody still enjoyed it so much uh because when you try to leave alaska it's almost it's like this weird feeling like you don't want to leave and i think Stokelove kind of said it the best it's like leaving summer camp
1: Yeah, it's like it was so much fun and we had so much adventures, and like who knows when we'll be back, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Definitely. So let's jump into this next article. This one's really interesting because it's all about the lots. And, you know, but what I mean by the lots is the people that are selling vans, uh, the dealerships and what has been going on since basically the pandemic began, and the craze for something like van life became a big thing.
1: Yeah, so this is in South Dakota where this article was written. Um, It's on the website kiloland.com. And basically, the beginning of the article is about a Sioux Falls native, Kirby, who basically bought a van, converted it, and turned it into a home and so it's a little bit about his experience of like you know, wanting to live the lifestyle and travel as much as he could, but still be able to, like, have fun and have the comforts of home while doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a computer set up and a big monitor, and so he's probably working from the van as well.
0: Before we go on with this article, I want to say the most amazing thing about van life is actually having all your home stuff on the road with you while you travel, and that's why it truly is a home. You know, you feel so comfortable in it. You get off the trail and be inside your space. You can take a shower. You do all the things that you need. You could cook. You have food with you. You have plenty of changes of clothes. It's really a huge backpack that is built into a home. And yeah, you just have all the comforts and it makes it such an amazing, wonderful experience. Is it hard? Yes. But is it lovely? Yes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the biggest question that every van lifer is struggling with right now is how to actually find a van that you can buy. And so the article goes into how difficult it is to actually get a van because... Obviously, there's been a huge increase in demand from the van life community for, you know, the mainly ProMasters, Transits, and um, Mercedes Sprinters. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the chief operating officer of this, like, car dealership basically says that we used to sell vans to everybody locally they would have 12 to 20 vans on the lot to choose from
0: at all times
1: yeah because you know they just have the inventory and then somebody comes in and they pick the one they want and then they take it and go but now they're lucky if they even have one and if they do have one they don't expect it to last very long
0: Yeah, and people are inquiring for these vans from Florida, from Colorado, from all these different places, so it's something that would never used to happen for them.
1: Yeah, so the guy who they're talking about in the article, he reached out to 50 different dealerships to find his van, and we kind of did the same thing when we were looking. I don't think we got up to 50, but I was basically calling every single dealership along our route from Oregon to Florida, because we were driving back that way, and I was looking at every single dealership and calling them and seeing what kind of inventory they had and seeing, you know, what kind of vehicles they had and trying to, like, you know, get one dealership to be able to, like, get a car from someone. It was, like, such a hassle to be able to find the van that we wanted.
0: I will say that, like, my solution to this problem, because, like, sometimes... We got to talk about solutions to problems sometimes. And I think my solution to this problem would be is... Try to find a van, maybe that's not brand spanking new. You know, I think a lot of people are going for the brand new van. And
1: if you guys want the full scoop on how to find the best vehicle for van life and what options you have beyond the crazy dealership vehicles... Be sure to come and join our Patreon community. You get full exclusive access to the rest of this podcast, and we would so appreciate your support. It helps keep us on the road so we can keep making great content like this for you. Okay, up next. This is from a small newspaper in the UK. Well, I don't know if it's small, but it's from the Exmouth Journal, which I've never heard of, and it says, District Council Powerless to Control Parking in Deregulated Car Park.
0: Yeah, so basically they deregulated this car park for a construction area so that way they could utilize that area as like a parking ground for the construction grounds that, that were created. But when they did so, it allowed you know people in RVs and in vans and in the nomadic community to be able to park there unlimitedly for free. Yes. And when they did that, they kind of created an issue for themselves within the council because now people are like, hey, get these vans and stuff out of here. And they're like, we're powerless. We can't. Like, it's free for them to park here. They're allowed to be here. There's no limit on how long that they could be here. And here's the thing when we were reading this article and it said people have been there for three months, maybe that's kind of like overstaying your welcome.
1: Yeah, 100%. That was kind of my biggest issue with this. I think probably somebody put the spot on iOverlander or another app like that. And then a bunch of people started going there. But I think the thing about it is that, I don't know, the way that we do van life is much more transient. So we're moving, we're kind of finding a new location every couple of days. Like we've been in this location for four or five nights now, which is very unusual for us.
0: And we have friends who do stay in places for three months or longer, but they're parked in a spot that like, like these people, it's legal. But they're parked in a place where it's, like, maybe BLM that allows them to stay for six months. It's more remote. It's, you know, there's nobody really around them that they're bothering. This obviously is something, like, you know, that is cutting into possibly the, you know, the the construction that's going to be going on in the area. But I will say that, like, you know, they're not doing anything wrong. And as long as they're keeping it clean and doing the right thing, There's no real issue with it, technically.
1: Well, there's certainly not enough of an issue to write a whole article in a newspaper about, you know, that people are parking in a parking lot. I mean, it must have been a slow news day. That this is the story. I
0: also will say that when we talk to people in the UK, there's a lot of restrictions against RV and camper vans. And, you know, the fact that they cannot park on the street has kind of probably forced them into the situation of parking in this one particular spot. Because you'll get towed or, you know, they'll like literally take your van from you. I don't know if UK. that law
1: went through. We should definitely look into that. When but there, we, when we was... were
0: talking to the O team back on our podcast... Uh, a little ways back, they were talking about how it's very hard to park in these things and you have to park in designated spots or RV parking spots where it is very expensive and that makes it to where people can't afford the travel. And the whole idea of van life and or RV life and travel is for it to be affordable for you to travel and go to all these different beautiful places and get to enjoy them. And that's the reason why a lot of us choose van life.
1: Yeah, and not to spend, you know, 80 pounds a night at an RV dealership. Otherwise, we
0: would just go to hotels. Right. And you would take cars to places, you know, and and then you wouldn't have the whole van life situation. Yeah. Which, it makes it, once again, more expensive than what it is for people like us, who do try to find the place that we could park for free, rather than the place that we have to pay for it.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're always kind of towing the line, and sometimes you just have to pay for a spot if you want to be somewhere that, you know, has the view or is right in the action, and that's fine. Yeah. But we try to space those out between many days of not paying for camping because if you, you know, you do anything for 30 days in a row and you've got a pretty big bill, if you're paying $50 a day just to camp somewhere...
0: It's like paying rent.
1: Yeah, so, you know, I think you know, a big part of the van life movement and why people like vans over RVs and bigger units like that is that they can just park wherever they want Mm -hmm. and, you know, do the stealth camping thing and not be, you know, uh, forced into an RV park. And
0: we're not against paying. Like, that's not what we're saying in any type of way. We're actually for it in the situations where we need to. But, like, realistically, we just cannot afford it. Uh, to do it all the time it just would make our travel impossible and we would have to figure out even more ways to make money and then that would also then take away from the enjoyment of being on the road and traveling to all these different destinations
1: yeah I mean like we're managing very well right now with our lifestyle and our bills and things like that
0: If you really want to know what's going on behind the scenes of FNA Van Life, make sure to join our Patreon. This is where we give you exclusive content. You can even figure out how to budget properly or how we budget properly for Van Life.
1: And I was like, oh my god. Like, I just... I'm paying to relax. None of your business, ladies. (laughs) Anyways, there's always pros and cons to everything, and that particular campsite, we won't be going back. It was lovely, it lovely, was beautiful. lovely, beautiful, beautiful, but we won't be going back. No.
0: If you guys have been loving the podcast, we would absolutely love a five star review. We normally tend to uh, shout out the people that leave the five star reviews and or any review on our podcast because it definitely helps. Help the podcast grow, and even if you don't like the podcast, like just let us know what we should do differently, and we will definitely try to fix that up a little bit. <laughs> um, but yeah, the five-star reviews definitely help out. They sh- it, it allows the podcast to be pushed out to more people, and we're just very thankful for having you guys supporting the podcast. There's at least, I would say, at least a 1,000 people that listen to our podcast regularly, and we are just so grateful for that.
1: Yeah, we're super thankful, and it's amazing to watch this little pet project grow, and it's allowed us to connect with so many cool people. If you haven't listened to all the other episodes, we're on 91 now, so there's a lot to go back on and enjoy, and really just kind of like dig in and hear all these different stories from different people about how they live life on the road.
0: Yeah, and with all that being said, we hope that you have an FNA day. Everybody knows it's true. Van Life YouTube channel, what they do. Everybody's got to get money. Everybody's about to get money. Make sure you subscribe to their YouTube channel. FNA Van Life. All that.